Hello there, my name is Finlay Morrison. Hi, I'm Joe Cannon. Um, welcome to the first episode of the Lots to Talk About podcast, where uh, me and Joe, and maybe a couple of guests along the way, will be discussing a variety of different legal issues and dilemmas. Um, on a weekly basis? On a weekly basis. Um, yeah, we just hope to, uh, I don't know, provide some... Uh, Entertainment for, for many... <laughs> listeners <laughs> yeah absolutely lots of listeners we've got a huge audience but um yeah today we will be um discussing the issues of um what kind of laws should be implemented regarding uh, driverless cars um of driverless vehicles in general um yeah in the uk that many of the said that they think driverless cars will be implemented by 2021 obviously these laws are quite it's quite a current topic and something that has to be acted on quite quickly so yep um okay so i'll kick it off with a um so um if there's a driverless vehicle and it crashes into someone driving the car themselves who's to blame obviously it depends on the scenario a lot but got some something in the law to uh as as a general guide to govern that um well, I would kick it off first of all and say, obviously you've got to determine how the crash came about. So, how we'd implement that into the law is is a that's a struggle really, because there's so many different um, possible factors that come into it. But um, okay, so if we change it a bit, should, should we say um, should do you think there should be a law which says that uh, anyone any one point when there's a driverless car, there must be someone in the car who has a driving license and can drive. So if they need to take control, they can. Yeah. But then, I mean, that's I, th- I think that's a reasonable um, request. But then, the dilemma with that is, if um, if if someone in in the car were to have a driving license and then a crash were to happen, then who do you blame? Because if um, if let's say the car was on autopilot and it and it crashed with a um, car, just a regular car being driven by someone, um, it's possible that you could argue that the crash could be diverted if the uh, person in the driverless car were to take control. So, well, yes, but it's also unreasonable to to think that if someone's in a driverless car, they're not going to be focusing on the road up, and that's the whole point of a driverless car. So it's unreasonable to think that they're going to be. Um, like ready to step in whenever they want. That's very true. Um, so maybe you could have a, a law saying all driverless cars must have some sort of uh, like identification system um, and alarm, which um, which can distinguish when there's going to be an issue, like some of the ones we're going to talk about later in the podcast, and tell the driver. But they're still, obviously it's not as easy as, as that because um, last year there was someone in America who di- actually died because the auto- he, was, he was driving with autopilot on and the car didn't distinguish the, uh, a white lorry on, a, uh, on the horizon and they ended up crashing. So obviously this isn't, we're not yet at this stage in technology. So maybe a law, would, uh, a law like this would prolong the wait for uh, driverless cars to be implemented in the UK. Yeah. 
But then um, I guess my uh, counterpoint to that would be that no technology is ever going to be 100% effective um, 100% of the time. And so should we really prevent driverless cars from being on the road altogether because um, of a small number of crashes? Because it's theoretically more likely um, to cause to, for crashes to be caused from um, just human errors instead of um, instead of driverless ones, uh, ones from driverless vehicles. Yeah, that's true. So, w- would you say would you propose a law where cars have to be, I don't know, correct to a certain percentage? Because that might that might be a high. There might be a low percentage of um, crashes or incidents with driverless cars, but obviously there's no one to blame and they're very preventable. Yeah. Um, so. I think it's very reasonable. I think it's possible, although it may be pretty expensive for the government, that maybe you could um, introduce lanes on, on large like motorways um, or like large, I don't know, dual carriageways, whatever. Um, main like national routes where you could have just um, one section of the road available for driverless vehicles um, perhaps it would min- uh, minimise the errors on, and like the potential of crashes but um, my knowledge on this topic isn't extreme so yeah I mean I, th- I think the thing is it shouldn't be rushed really because it's not like it's a like it's not an urgent need. Like no one no, needs a driverless car. Yeah. So like, um, I don't. I don't think. I think there should be laws to avoid um, cars just coming onto the scene just because they they can sort of they can drive around the roads, but they don't know what to do in certain dilemmas. Like there's no there's no rush. Yeah. To, to get them in. to get them introduced. Um, I guess it brings us to the next uh, next topic for debate is when problems arise that um, potentially I don't know, maybe uh, the car wouldn't see as a problem but we may see as one so for example if um, if there were to be double double yellow lines on the road um, and the car could either um, and, and there was a kid walking uh, walking across maybe with a football um, not paying attention uh, if the should the car divert onto the uh, double yellows to avoid hitting the child or not? Um, I mean, the car may not see it as a as a big problem potentially, but everyone else would, I think. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You'll have to have some sort of waiting on whether, like, which rules should they break. Like, if weighing up two two different rules, they're not allowed to break. Which one will they break? Yeah. So maybe they could have some sort of survey with. I don't know, ten thousand people. That's yeah. quite. That's not many. Probably like hundred thousand people. I don't yeah. know, and like uh, see what they would do in this situation. Because the thing is, like these situations, even if it's not a driver's car, there's still going to be some sort of rule break. Yeah, like so ethical judgment made yeah, there. So you can't really blame it on the driver's cars, those yeah. particular ones. It's just very hard to implement um, ethics into computers. Because, for example, if the, I'll bring it back to the initial idea that I introduced a bit too soon, um, the um, the no-win situation. So, for example, if um, a car was inevitable to crash and um, it could either pick between crashing into three young children or, or three young adults or old adults, it doesn't matter 
which one should they pick um, which one do they pick uh, should there be laws that govern which ones they must pick in, in X situation, in Y situation um, how are we going to determine these laws um, are we going to make sure that they uh, stay stay established I'm, I'm not sure if a law is it entirely necessary in these sort of situations because that's a human in that situation um, I mean, there's no law to say, oh, the human must drive into the three kid, the three older yeah. people. Yeah, that's true. So it's like these questions don't have answers. Not everyone yeah. thinks about them differently. So yeah. I don't think we can have one law which is it applicable to every single situation. Perhaps, but then if you'd have a group of school children versus one adult, and um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, would you say that there should be no law then? Because if I were to pick, I think the. Gr- the vast majority of people would probably argue that the greater good of the, uh, let's say, the sturdy school children, which are all going to be hit, maybe they're lining up for something and just get hit all at once, but would you pick, would anyone really pick the adult? And if they were, is that really the rational decision to make? So, I mean, we could leave it completely ungoverned, but sometimes we have to question whether it's the right thing to do. Well, yeah, that is a, that's a very good point, and also might even argue with the idea of um, driverless cars in the first place. Like, if there's no, there's no way we can have a have a strict rule of like whether they should pick one one adult instead of two children, but not if there's only one child. Yeah. Like, there's no way, which is like a big argument against driverless cars in the first place. Yeah. Too many different uh, facets of things to consider. So, would you say that these? Um, Situation like we should be dealt with on a case by case basis. Then. Um, I mean, potentially. At the end of the day, it's it's like if someone's going to be um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it's a crime to crash into someone. If if, if it's entirely accidental, it's just <laughs> it's, if if someone, theoretically, if you to crash into someone on the street with a regular car um, and it was entirely accidental, you might get. Um, Put into car for manslaughter, but it, it oh, wouldn't be. Kill the man, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, is um, in that situation um, when um, it's entirely accidental, should we then blame it on the manufacturer, or should we blame it on the person inside the car, or do we blame it on the people in the street? Um, that's an issue that needs well, to be yeah, debated. That is a big issue because, say, I don't know, say there's a bit of traffic and suddenly some kid runs out in front of a car and it stops and the driver's car stops and because of this a driver drives into the back of a driver's car. Yeah. Who's at fault? Because you I'm, can't really if I um I mean it, it's entirely possible that um the driver's car could just be um acting in in the correct way and other things come into play that um you know don't really fit to the rational expected outcome of events. Like the kid, maybe he just wasn't um, paying attention and just drives, or just walks straight into danger. Even if the uh, driver's car was doing everything that it should be doing, and if it were to hit the kid, do we still blame? Um, do we still blame the car, or do we then bring it to uh, the, the young child? Or I, th- I think in that situation, you would, if if the car did hit the child, yeah, you'd definitely blame the producer of the car, and they'd definitely have to pay out. What in an accident? What if the, if, if the child? If the child would, yeah, but 
Let's say, for example. Well, it depends if it's if there was a reasonable braking distance, which they could work out. Uh, and they, the car could have stopped. Then you definitely have to blame a producer. So let's say, let's if say, a human, if a human was driving a car and the human would, would have been able to stop, then the producer should be to blame. Yeah, but let's say, if, yeah, let's say that they, the, um, the car wouldn't have been able to stop, and, and the child just walks out. So, for example, let's say um, the car's going at 50 miles an hour. It has, I don't know, what's a reasonable distance, like 10 meters to stop. And then at the uh, last, I, I don't know, maybe it, it's in its seventh meter of stopping, and uh, the, this young child walks straight into the car, completely undetected by the car. Well, I think, I think in that case, I think in that case, there's no, there's no one to blame because. No one so to for, blame. Well, for example, if someone fell onto a train tracks just as a train was coming. Yeah. You, you don't blame the train, the train driver, do you? There's, just, something there's no one to blame for that. Something would happen, though. How would they? If, if a child walks into the road and there's no way the car can stop, and, and, yeah, but the there's, child, no, there's no one to blame. But then the child gets hit, so what happens? Something's well, going to happen. Not every, not every incident has to have a, like a lawsuit where someone's to blame, someone's guilty. That's not always the case. Yeah, I guess. You've got a point. Um, but in the original, so in, in the original um, example I gave where we had the kids coming out, the driverless car stopping and then a driver driving into the back of a driverless car. Who was, who's to blame in that situation? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Um, because tech, isn't there, I don't know if there's a rule or not, but there's a guideline where you have to give a certain amount of space between each car. Yeah. So would the driver um, be to blame for driving into the car, would you say? I mean, yeah, you could say that, but then, uh, by the same token, if if the driver did leave a reasonable um, a reasonable distance and then to 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 stop, but then um, the driver's car unexpectedly, you know, braked a lot harder than than it should have done. Really, in that situation, do we still blame the uh, regular car the car's driver because he might have been performing rationally and it was. Unexpected, really, from yeah. the uh, driverless one. I mean, that's true. I, th- I think the way people should deal, or the UK should deal with the laws about drivers' cars is, if you imagine the car is a as a human driving. Yeah. If it was, a, if it would be able to stop, and it didn't, or if it would have been able to avoid, if a human would have been able to avoid the incident, then, if a car didn't, yeah. then the producer should be to blame. Be. But what about the person in the car that could have taken control? Do we still put? Oh, yeah, take them into account. That's a good point, actually. Um, it depends on... I think with this situation, like, even if a car had some sort of, um, I don't know, programme where it was alert for the driver when there's an issue and they have to take control, there's no way that the car's going to be able to do that fast enough when a kid just walks out in front of, a, in front yeah. of the car. Very so true. I don't think you can blame the producer, the producer of the car in that sense. Some, yeah. But then it goes back to the uh, initial question of, if it's left an autopilot, is it really, um, you know, is it really the person in the car's fault? Because the whole reason they bought the car was to pay less attention. So it's it's almost an ever, ever, you know, never-ending question that we have here. But um, yeah, yeah, that is true actually. Because maybe we'd, maybe we'd uh, have laws where drivers have to know, or the people who are using the drivers' cars have to know how much they can rely on the drivers' cars. So the producer of the car would have to say whether you can chill out and not focus on the road in these cars or yeah. whether they always have to be on um, on standby, which obviously they'd be, they won't want to be telling the, the potential 
customers that they always have to be on standby because that sort of uh, ruins the point. Yeah, sort of whole, ruins the whole point of a car. So I think there definitely should be some sort of rule where drivers have to know how much fo- how much focus we have to spend on the road yeah. in those situations. Yeah, it could be a point. Could do. Okay. Um, so we wanted to quickly introduce the idea of hacking um, because you know obviously with um, cars heavily operating on technology is you know in our current day and age there's a high potential risk that a uh, hacker could take control um, maliciously and cause the car to crash in this situation who would we blame for the crash what what action would be taken I mean obviously the hacker would be the one at fault but how, how would we implement laws successfully to um, guarantee that they are punished for, for what they do I don't know, it's a, it's a very tricky one because the idea that, that these driver's cars are so prone to being hacked is a big argument why we shouldn't really have them in the first place. Like, they're not vital, so if they're so, if such mass, I don't know, um, injury and potentially death could occur from some hackers, then why are we even implementing driver's cars in the first place? Yeah, and then, I mean, someone might say um, to that, that, um, Technology is always advancing, and so as such, hackers will always be advancing as well. And so it kind of just reaches a almost like a stalemate between the two, where they're advancing at the same rate. So yeah, I mean, I think one way of um, getting around this problem is because obviously I don't know if you've been looking at any of the uh, potential drivers' cars, but many have either had a steering wheel, so they can be manually used. Yeah, uh, but some don't even have a steering wheel at all. Yeah. So I think there have to be a law saying that um, the drivers' cars have to have a steering wheel and have to be like maybe all the drivers' feet can be turned off and power can be given straight back to the driver, which would probably potentially avoid any of these issues. I don't know how easy that is. If the um, if the hacker were to prevent access to the steering wheel, though, what would you suggest in that situation? Well, that's that's a big issue, isn't it? It but, is. If maybe you could have, I don't know, the driverless... If you could have the driverless features separate to the manual car, then I think that might be able to... You might be able to work around that. Obviously, I'm no expert on coding or whatever. Hard, hard work. <laughs> Computer science GCC doesn't teach you much. But, um, yeah, 